following is a hockey podcast out of Vancouver and Surrey, British Columbia. It'll only consist of a lot of pup talk and even more BS, or in actual words, banter and satire. Enjoy, and as always, go Canucks, go. Is Andre Kuzmenko back for your Vancouver Canucks, or was it just a one-game aberration against a bad hockey team? Well, guess what? This ain't a bad podcast, and it ain't a bad place to be. You're listening to Locked On Canucks. Your Locked On Canucks, your daily podcast on the Vancouver Canucks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, 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 welcome to another episode of Locked On Canucks. My name is Trevor Beggs, co-host of Locked On Canucks and also a Canucks writer for Daily Hive Vancouver. And maybe I shouldn't come off so strong about this being a good or a bad show because, hey, you can let us know how you feel by, you know, leaving a comment. And if you like what we're doing, make sure you go subscribe or follow us for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. You know what I also like, though, is Game Time, okay? And that's who today's episode is brought to you by. So make sure you go download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDON for $20 off your first purchase. I'm back, baby, and guess what? No Kyle Bowen. And you know what Kyle always says about me is I'm a family man, family first. Well, guess what? Today, Kyle, who is supposedly fan first, taking some time off for his family. How about that? Maybe my my slacker mentality is rubbing off on Kyle Bowen, but in all seriousness, one love to Kyle. Locked on Canucks is nothing without him. I'm going to scratch and claw my way through it here on Locked on Canucks. And today, the main thing I want to talk about was the Kuzmenk show was back on display for the Vancouver Canucks against the Chicago Blackhawks. Was this the return of Kuzmenko? Was he, he was buzzing out there. Andre Buzzmenko, some might call him. Or again, was this just a one-game aberration? Uh, we'll dig into some of the numbers, and I'll give you my take uh, in a couple of minutes here. Also want to talk about the race for the Hart Trophy again. You know, the Hart Trophy is something that, you know, we don't see often in Vancouver, uh, but the Canucks have multiple guys in the running for the Hart Trophy. Uh, our Locked On hosted a poll of who they think should win the Hart Trophy, and guess what? Multiple Canucks made the top 10. Uh, so we're going to dig into that in the second segment of the show. And then finally... It's the beginning of the week, okay? I know it's Tuesday, but it's still early on in the week, so we're going to cover our Canucks Goats of the Week, okay? Play that Goats of the Week bump that we know that Callum loves here. Uh, that's all coming up, but first and foremost, Andre Kuzmenko arguably had his best game of the season against the Chicago Blackhawks on Monday night. Absolutely buzzing from the first ship, full of offensive creativity, had the spinoramas, uh, and it just looked like every time he was on the ice, especially early on in the game, the Cox were going to score a goal. And you know what? It's it's interesting. Even on the in the Leafs game on the weekend, you saw Kuzmenko and Tockett having a long conversation on the bench there that was picked up by the Hockey Day in Canada crew. You want to believe as a Canucks fan that you know maybe Kuzmenko is turning a corner for your Vancouver Canucks. I do think the truth in terms of Kuzmenko being back, finding his mojo, or this being one game aberration, I do think the truth lies in the middle. I've said time and time again. I don't think Kuzmenko has been as bad as um, Tockett has made him out to be, as bad as maybe has looked at times on the ice. Um, and I do think he's been a bit unlucky. That being said, this is not a perennial 40-goal goal scorer in the NHL, okay? This is a guy who, when he's at his best as a playmaker, but really needs to play with the talented offensive players. And right now, when you look at that second line, and we've talked about it time and time again here on Locked On Canucks. The everydayers know this. But that second line needs a boost. They need some more talent to play with. And I know 
you, you look at the numbers so far because we've got a bit of a sample size for that line, right? Of Kuzmenko, Ilya Mikheyev, Pew Suter. They're controlling shot attempts, man. They're getting chances. But until last night, they didn't really seem to be burying those chances. Now, again, if you're going to get the best out of Kuzmenko, he's got to play with the other team's best players. That's just the way it's going to work with Kuzmenko. He's not really a guy, in my eyes, that's going to drive his own line. I'm sure he had a good game against a moribund Blackhawks team that's decimated by injuries right now. But to me, what we saw last night probably is more of a one-game aberration. But I'm, thats I don't want to say Kuzmenko's fried. He's toast. He's done in Vancouver, although that might be the case. But you look at how much space the Blackhawks give up compared to an average NHL team, and uh, it's pretty jarring. I got to throw out one stat for you. Uh, courtesy of uh, my coworker Daily Hive, Noah String, I believe, uh, brought this up. Andre Kuzmenko has 28% of his points this season against the Chicago Blackhawks and the San Jose Sharks. 28% of his points against the two worst teams in the NHL. This Canucks team is about to push for a Stanley Cup. They cannot have any passengers on this team. And I think the real test for Kuzmenko is going to come up in the latter half of the season. I know this week, games against St. Louis, games against Columbus, yeah, yeah, not that sexy, not that difficult of competition. But they still got four games against L.A., I believe three games against Vegas, uh, a couple games against Colorado, a couple games against Boston, another game against Edmonton. The schedule is going to get tougher. Yeah, there's a lot of home games. The Canucks, (laughs) they've cooked at home this season. But it's going to get tougher for the Vancouver Canucks. Will Andre Kuzmenko show up in those games? And not a game against the Chicago Blackhawks in late January. That's when we're, we're really going to find out who the real Andre Kuzmenko is. Because, yeah, after last night, you want to believe that maybe he's on the rise. But, uh, yeah, it's hard, it's hard to say right now. I will say this for Kuzmenko, and I think the stats back this up. He has been unlucky this season. It hasn't just been this player who's horrendous defensively and he's generating nothing offensively. He has hit some bad luck. And I think his bad luck is exacerbated by the fact that he just got, they got just scored with ease last season. The power play tap-ins, you know, tapping in all those Pedersen goals. Um, he is a playmaker who turned into a goal scorer last season by playing with Elias Pedersen. But even when you look at the numbers this year, you know, when Pedersen and, McKe- and um, Kuzmengo have played together, they've controlled shot attempts and by a pretty wide margin too. But when they've been without each other, it's been a bit of a different story. Now, Kuzmenko and Pedersen together, they're, they're coursey for their shot attempt share is about 56%. Kuzmenko without Pedersen is about 50. He'll sub 50 at 49.8. Pedersen without Kuzmenko, and this really caught my attention, Pedersen's shot control share without Kuzmenko is 45.6%. Again, we talked about Pedersen being one of the best damn players in the league this season, and we're going to talk about him more on the other side. That's called a tease, ladies and gentlemen. But it's pretty jarring to see a player of Pedersen's caliber have a shot share total, you know, sub 46% when he's not with Andre Kuzmenko. Look, what the Lotto line has done has been incredible. And again, Pedersen uh, and his time away from Kuzmenko hasn't just all been with the Lotto line. It's been with, you know, the Lafferty's and the McKayev's, right? There's been a rotating cast. Pew Suter's had some time up there as well. But you look at this Canucks team, and I, and I still think that Pedersen and Kuzmenko, 
you know, that's the best way of spreading out the offense, right? And, you know, if Kuzmenko is truly going to find his game in Vancouver, I think the best way of doing that is pairing him with Elias Pettersson, right? But to do that, and we've kind of seen it this season, it seems like you need another top six winger, right? I Look, I've liked Kuzmenko, Pettersson, and McKayev together. I think Tockett went away from that trio, not because they weren't successful, but it was almost like he wanted to punish Kuzmenko. He wanted him to earn the opportunity to get back on that top line. And that time might be coming up after last night because a lot of lines struggled a little bit. Kuzmenko, he's playing, he played better last night at least. Um, but I do think that, you know, the Canucks and Taka want to see a good game from Kuzmenko against an actual good hockey team. Unfortunately, we might not find that out for another week or two because, again, St. Louis on Wednesday, Columbus on Saturday, and then they don't play for about nine days over the All-Star break. But putting Kuzmenko with Pedersen, that might just be your trade deadline acquisition right there. Not the only one per se, because, you know, we're going to talk about it definitely a lot heading up to the trade deadline. And, you know, there's a lot of smoke around the Canucks adding someone, and it makes a ton of sense. But having Kuzmenko join this team, you know, somewhere near the level he was at last year would be a huge addition to this Canucks team. Can you imagine how good this Canucks team would be if Kuzmenko was back to being a bona fide top six player? Because he's looked a little lost recently. I do hope last night was a, a sign of things to come. But yeah, I think with, you know, I think a lot of Canuck fans would think that, you know, Kuzmenko probably was a bit more of a one game aberration against a bad hockey team. In the comments here, hey, Japan, Japan, Japan commenting on the show here. Chicago's an AHL team. Yeah, there was space galore last night. Okay. You know, the Canucks basically scored those two goals and went into, into cruise control mode. And, you know, we, we got some we got some fans of Kuzmenko here. Aaron Gray, the Marisuri, uh, a big fan of Kuzmenko, even this season. He's one of the most, he's one of the most exciting players on the Canucks. And that hasn't been as evident this year, but it's still been there. And I'll throw one more stat before I cut the break here. There's a stat called individual points percentage, okay? It's the amount of points, you know, sorry, how to describe this. When a goal is scored, it's a measure of how many uh, how many points a player gets when they're on the ice. So if Kuzmenko's on the ice for 20 goals and gets points on 10 of them, that his individual points percentage will be 50%. Good players, offensive drivers are usually near 75, 80%. Kuzmenko this season is down at 53%. You know, I think IPP individual points percentage is a good way of seeing if a player's been lucky or if he's been unlucky. I think the Jake Furtano, when he had that good season back in 2019, 20, that was a perfect example. His IPP was somewhere in the, in the high 80s or 90s. That was a big sign he was going to come back to earth, and he did. And I think with Kuzmenko, we should see an uptick in the other direction. He's just too good offensively for that not to happen. Uh, but keep letting us know in the comments, whether you're watching live on YouTube, whether you're listening to it after the fact, we don't care. We just love that you're tuning in. Let us know, is Kuzmenko back? Has he been unlucky? Or was it just a one-game aberration? Coming up, on the other side, again, I'm going to show the top 10 Hart Trophy uh, or Hart Trophy rankings here at the Locked On NHL Network. And all the hosts voted on who should win the Hart Trophy. Find out where Hughes, Pedersen, Miller, and Demko all sat in those rankings. But first, I got to shout out Game Time. You know me, okay? I'm cheap. Cheap guy begs you, okay? Locked On Canucks is bringing in some money, but it's not bringing in all the money, okay? And that's why, you know, I got to use game time, okay? You know, game time, they got, they got a, an extra bonus right now. 
They got code Vegas 100, okay? You can get $100 off a big game ticket with code Vegas 100. What would you do with the 100 bucks in Vegas, okay? Would you be would you be going to the to the titty bar? Can I even say that on Locked On? Would you be putting it all on red? Or would you be going to the the corner store again those $1 tall boys cuz hey, Vegas is expensive, man. And I remember walking the strip just getting those $1 beers from the corner store, walking around, exploring, meeting people, having a good time. There's a way to do Vegas cheap, but <laughs> there's a way to do it expensive as well. Anyways, Vegas 100, it's the new code from Game Time. Um, so wait, make sure you go browse through the Game Time app and see some upcoming events in your area, okay? Canucks games, a hot ticket right now. You could buy those on Game Time, okay? You can get last-minute tickets. You can get flash deals. And with Game Time, you can see the view from all seats in the venue. Okay, Game Time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. Again, all prices show up in your total up front, so you know that you're getting a great deal before you check out. And make sure you can buy you can buy tickets in seconds with two taps. Don't you think about it? Just buy it. Unbelievable. Okay, take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Right now, all Game Time users get hundred dollars off a big game ticket with code Vegas one hundred. Terms apply. Just download the Game Time app and use code Vegas one hundred. For $100 off a big game ticket, or if you're not going to the game, use code Locked On for $20 off your first purchase. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Okay, okay, you're back. Unlocked on Canucks. I am Trevor Beggs. No Kyle Bowen today. I miss that guy, man. I miss that guy. I took a couple of days off. Kyle, man, he's again 80% of the work on Locked On Canucks. I'm riding his coattails here. The guy's the maestro. Uh, but I'm here today, man. I'm here today. One day Kyle and I will be reunited. Uh, and hopefully it's uh, sometime before the Canucks win the Stanley Cup because, you know, I might be upcoming, man. Just look at how many Hart Trophy candidates are on this team, okay? And that's the segue here because Locked On, we just did a poll of which players are the front runners for the Hart Trophy right now. And I'll bring it up right now. And again, there's some Canucks up there. Okay. So in case you're audio only, we have Nathan McKinnon, the front runner to win the Hart Trophy right now, according to our host. It was McKinnon, then Nikita Kucherov, Connor McDavis. Those are your top three. At number four, we have Quinn Hughes. Number five, Elias Pettersson. So apparently the Canucks, two Two heart candidates in the top five. And again, this isn't just the West Coast bias here. Because, you know, this is the home of the West Coast bias. But that's across the NHL. People are noticing what Quinn Hughes and Elias Pettersson are doing. Uh, let me wrap up the top 10 and I'll tell you where Demko and Miller ranked here. Because uh, they both cracked the top 20. Again, only the top 10 listed in this graphic here if you're out with us on YouTube. Number six, Connor Hellebuck. Number seven, Kale McCarr. Number eight, Artemi Panarin. Number nine, Sidney Crosby. Number 10, Austin Matthews. Now to wrap it up, or sorry, 11 through 20, I should say. David Pasternak was 11. JT Miller was 12. Three Hart Trophy candidates in the top 12 play for your Vancouver Canucks. Sam Reinhart, 13. Willie Nylander, 14. Jack Hughes, 15. Thatcher Demko, 16. So apparently, again, if you just want to look at this in a little nutshell here, four of the best 16 players in the NHL play for your Vancouver Canucks. Let's go, baby. Now, are those players fairly ranked? When I did this poll, I had Elias Pettersson second, okay? I think Elias Pettersson, I haven't had a Quinn Hughes for one. 
And I think Nathan McKinnon right now, if the heart was being handed out, it would go to Nathan McKinnon. But I think what Elias Pettersson's done this season, all over the ice, has been incredible. And we've kind of gone back and forth on this show. I think when the season was in its early days, Quinn Hughes, to me, was the Canucks MVP. Then for a while, I felt like it was JT Miller, just based on the fact that he was putting up so many points while playing against the best players on a, on a uh, game-to-game basis. But I really feel like over the past few weeks, it started in December, it's taken off more so in January. Elise Pettersson has been arguably the best player in the NHL since the calendar flipped to 2024. And he's climbing the points, uh, the point standings to 61 points of 47 games. Again, Elise Pettersson is doing it all over the ice. You know, I think we'd like to see him do a bit more in the power play, but that's not so much on him. The guy's still getting power play goals, even if that power play is not clicking at the rate they were before. But just such a dominant player all over the ice, not making mistakes, throwing the body, getting the puck in the offensive zone. And when the puck is on a stick, he's one of the most creative players in the NHL. Now, I think the reason why I had him over guys like Kutrov and McDavid, you know, I think McDavid had that lull earlier in the season. I know Pedersen had a lull as well. But I just think Pedersen's had a more complete performance overall. You know, McDavid, again, Oilers fans can disagree with me here. This is not an Oilers-friendly show, by the way. We did do an episode about how the Canucks ended the Oilers season. And uh, <laughs> Oilers fans coming back to us on that episode. But, uh, you know, again, home of the West Coast bias. This isn't the, the Alberta bias. Can you? Come on. Come on. I think Connor McDavid and Elise Pedersen, to me, this year their performances have been a toss-up. But I would I would have Pedersen over McDavid. I think, I think based on overall performance, based on his defensive impact, again, I'm seeing Pedersen in the running for the Selkie. I'm not seeing Connor McDavid in the running for the Selkie trophy, okay? And Kucherov, even though he's putting up points, he's been horrendous defensively. When Kucherov's on the ice, it's, uh, it's exciting hockey, man. It's like Canucks, you know, before... Uh, Travis Green area before he's trying to make the team all defensive. Maybe a little early Bruce Boudreau era. When Kudrov's on the ice, the Lightning are giving up a ton. Uh, but they're scoring a ton too, because Kudrov, you know, he's a great player. JT Miller to me, 12th, seems about right. But, uh, you know, JT Miller, again, he leads the Canucks in points right now. I think we we get lost in how good JT Miller's been because he plays on a team with Elise Pettersson and Quinn Hughes. But to me, there's a damn good argument that JT Miller's been the best player on the Canucks. I wouldn't personally say that. I think he's probably third right now between, behind Hughes and Pedersen, but I've gone back and forth all season long, man. Uh, I'd love to hear in the comments what you think uh, in terms of, you know, what you think of JT Miller. Like, where is like is he the best Canucks player right now? Or is it Pedersen or Hughes, okay? Uh, and then last but not least, Thatcher Demko. Thatcher Demko, there's an argument that he's been the best Canuck player. And that's a little tease to the final segment, Goats of the Week. Uh, we'll get to that. But Thatcher Demko, man, oh, man, he has been incredible for these Vancouver Canucks. Um, you know, Connor Hellbuck, again, cracked the top 10. Thatcher Demko didn't. But those have been your best two goalies in the NHL this season, in my mind. When you looked at kind of expected save percentage, um, actual performance now, Demko's got five shutouts now. Five shutouts. Tied for tied for most in the NHL with uh, Connor Ingram of the Arizona Coyotes and Tristan Jari of the Pittsburgh Penguins. But... Demko's just been remarkably consistent throughout the entire season. Um, and again, just easily one of the best goalies in the NHL, especially among the ones who have played a lot of games, right? Like you have guys like Joey Decord who have kind of come out of nowhere. Uh, he was top 20 in these um, locked on heart rankings. But uh, to me, it's Demko and Hellebuck. Those are the top two goalies in the NHL this season. Uh, I don't have, I don't really have a problem with Hellebuck being ahead of Demko though, to be honest with you. Demko or Hellebuck, 
what he's done for those Winnipeg Jets has been incredible. You know, getting that team to the top of the standings without the offensive firepower that the Canucks have. And that's it. Sorry, I didn't even really mention Quinn Hughes, right? Quinn Hughes was first among voters in terms of Vancouver Canucks in the heart rankings. He could get there, man. He could get there. If, if Quinn Hughes scores 20 goals and 100 points while posting sparkling defensive numbers, he's going to be in that hard conversation. And I think if Quinn Hughes and Elise Pedersen are close like they are now, voters are going to lean towards Hughes because, you know, we're in, we're in a high-scoring era in the NHL, the high-scoring era we've been in 30 years. We see forwards like Pedersen posting these crazy gaudy offensive numbers. We don't often see defensemen do it. We saw it kind of last year with Carlson, the first guy to hit 100 points in 30 years. But if Hughes really hits 30, uh, 20 goals and 100 points, not to mention you can barely shoot the puck before this season, right? This guy was not known as a goal scorer. If he can get that hit, hit that height, he's going to have a damn good heart case as well. Again, interact with us. Let us know in the comments. Where do you think Canucks, where they should rank in the uh, in the overall heart race? Um Again, we got so I'll read one comment here from Mr. Whale. JT Moja solid center. That's why we put Pedersen on the wing. I think part of it is the fact that you know JT Moja is way better at faceoffs first and foremost. Um, yeah, again, they're both such good defensive players. I don't think it really matters who you put at center. I think JT Moja is truly just there because he's a better faceoff man. Pedersen and, and JT can both shoot. They're both good playmakers. Um, yeah, that's a toss-up, man. We're, we're blessed, man. We're blessed as Canuck fans. Are you kidding me, man? Pedersen and Miller on our top lines. Unbelievable. Um, okay, let's get to the other side, okay? I've, I've talked with some of these guys already. Let's see which of these heart candidates made uh, my goats of the week. Going to talk about that on the other side. But first, first and foremost, I got to shout another sponsor, okay? Who is the sponsor? I don't know. Okay, I know now. It's sleep. You know, Canucks fans, you got to love where your team's at right now. Number one in the NHL, number one. Number one in the NHL, things are good. Uh, and, you know, you got to be loving life. Um, you know how you, how you could be loving life a bit more, though? If you, could, if, you could, if you were winning some big bucks playing daily fantasy hockey on Sleeper, the official daily fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network. Sleeper is my number one choice for daily fantasy sports and especially daily fantasy hockey. Because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in daily fantasy hockey contests. All you have to do is pick where this does, like Quinn Hughes, Elias Pettersson, JT Miller, or even Thatcher Demko. will record more or less than their Sleeper projections for things like goals, assists, saves, plus, minus, and more in a given game. To win a 100 times bet on Sleeper, you need to correctly predict the outcome of eight-player stats. You heard me, Canucks fans. You could win 100 times your money playing daily fantasy hockey with Sleeper. So start paying attention and nail your picks so you can start winning big. Use promo code LOCKEDONNHL and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code LOCKEDONNHL. See Sleeper's terms are used for details and locational availability. I'm back, baby. Not just from break, but back on the show, okay? Kyle Bowen trying to take over all by himself, saying I'm family first. Well, guess what? Today I'm here for the fans, okay? The fans of the best goddamn team in the NHL, your Vancouver Canucks. I say this time and time again, but I just can't believe we're here, man. When I got uh, headhunted to do Locked On Canucks uh, after Nux misconduct uh, shut down around this time last year, 
you know, one of the pitches was we need someone to cover the most dysfunctional team in the NHL. Something bad always happens in Vancouver. Even when they're bad, they're interesting. Well, guess what? Now they're interesting, but in a good way, okay? One of the best teams in the NHL. Let's go. You and I, and you, and you, we've all waited a long time to see this, okay? And again, I think the last, you know, January, February can be like the doldrum days of the, the NHL, the NHL season. We kind of heard other players say that as well. Some of these games can be harder to get up for. But I think every Canucks getting up for games right now. They're chasing perfection. You even heard Quinn Hughes kind of talk about a post game last night. They weren't happy with their second period. <laughs> they beat the worst team in the NHL again. A win is a win. They didn't play their best, but this team is always criticizing themselves. I heard Noah Juleson kind of on the first intermission post game criticizing himself for some of the mistakes he made. Again, I don't think anyone on this team is happy with where they're at. Or not, or maybe not, not, not. I think they're happy, but they're not content with it. Maybe it's the word I'm looking for. This team is chasing the Stanley Cup. And that's realistic, man. And I love it. I love it. You know what else I love is talking about the goats of the week, okay? We started this segment at the very beginning of the season. Again, if you're new to the show, we basically list your top five Canucks of the week. Number one gets five points. Number five gets one point, so on and so forth. Then we tally them up in the Canucks yearly rankings. But let's get into it. The goats of the week from last week from your Vancouver Canucks. Shout out to Kyle Bowen for always producing these uh, catchy little jingles, uh, funny looking bumps uh, if you're here with us on YouTube. Um, go to the week last week. I'm going number one. I'm going with Thatcher Demko, okay? Again, the games last week were the Arizona game, the Toronto game, the Chicago game because um, we've been running this on Tuesdays recently. Thatcher Demko, his two games were, again, shutting out the Chicago Blackhawks where you know, the Cucks didn't give up a lot of great A chances, but Thatcher Demko was good. You know, there was one power play in the third period where Chicago was just buzzing. Uh, the Canucks were, they kind of went in cruise control for a lot of that game, but were really in cruise control in that power play to kind of let Thatcher Demko shut the door time and time again. And the other game he played was against the Leafs. And that was a game where he led in a couple bad goals, I'd say with the Nylander shots from long distance. But overall, he made almost 50 saves, right? 46 shots, 42 saves, kept the team in it late when the game was tied. And I think he was a big reason why the Canucks won that game, right? Again, that was to me, that game was secondary scoring at Thatcher Demko. Uh, I know kind of JT Miller and Lise Patterson came up late, but the big stories for me in that game were Thatcher Demko shutting the door when it mattered, okay? When the game was close, when the game was tied, you know, I got the Canucks, he blew that 3 nothing lead. And I don't know if a lot was a lot of it was on Demko. Some of those Nylander floaters you like to have back, but that's a damn good player in Willie, Willie Nylander as well. But Thatcher Demko just keeps doing it, man. Okay, 922 save percentage on the season. Again, another shutout this week. Tied for first in the NHL overall in shutouts. The guy barely had any shutouts coming into the season, okay? I think that was one of the knocks on Demko, is that Demko just couldn't couldn't buy a shutout, right? And kind of goalies in, in general. We haven't seen a lot of shutouts in Vancouver in a long time. But Thatcher Demko, let's put it this way. Thatcher Demko had three career shutouts coming into this season. He now has five shutouts. Just past the halfway mark of the season. Unreal stuff from Thatcher Demko, in my mind, a deserving player. A first overall in the weekly power rankings. Number two, I got Quinn Hughes, baby. Quinn Hughes. Also doing it, again, he was hard on himself in that Leafs game, but, you know, both against, you know, fairly bad teams in Arizona and Chicago. I thought Quinn Hughes was stellar. 
Um, just the plays he makes at the blue line. Like, I never get watching Quinn Hughes deking guys out of the blue line. Uh, man, oh, man, he's just such a special player to watch. And now he's got a goal scoring to his resume. Are you kidding me, man? Are you kidding me? Unbelievable, man. I'm uh, I'm definitely a big fan of Quinn Hughes. Uh, number two uh, on the weekly power rankings. He had one goal, five points in three games last week. Uh, number three, I have Ian Cole. This one might come into left field a bit, okay? Ian Cole. We've given this guy love once on Go to the Week. He actually was first overall on Go to the Week, I think, back in November. But just such a steadying force who I don't think it's a lot of credit for how good he is. And now there's the Dorovs here. Uh, you know, they've split up the pairings. He was kind of on a third pairing with Juleson. But Ian Cole, like, how many Ian Cole mistakes do you remember watching the games? He is so poised out there. And last week was a great example. You know, you look at the Cucks stats and a lot of the Cucks are on the ice for, you know, two goals, four, one goal gangs, three goals, four, one goal gangs, something like that. Ian Cole was on the ice for six goals, four and zero goals against. Unbelievable stuff from Ian Cole. He was on the ice for what, nearly half the Cucks even strength goals last week. More than half, I'd say, right? You know, Ian Cole, I think such a steady force. You wonder if he's going to stay past this season. But he is a guy that you want on your blue line as you enter the Stanley Cup playoffs. And I can't wait to watch Ian Cole chuck the body around as well. He's had some great hits. Some great hits this season as well. Um, but again, shout out to Noah Jules, who's played well. But Ian Cole, such a steadying force. It doesn't matter if he plays first pair or third pair. He gets the job done no matter where he is on the ice. Number four. Yo, I just saw a comment. I got to shout it out, okay? Uh, number four, Niels Hoaglander, okay? Callum called it out. Hoaglander is getting one of those uh, goats of the week shouts. And yeah, he is, man. Nils Hoaglander, what, does he lead the Canucks in even strength goals still? He had 14 on the season, uh, all at even strength uh, after his performance, his two-goal performance on Saturday night. Again, this Canucks team is blessed right now, man. Blessed. It's crazy to see how far the team has come. And, you know, part of it is Alvin adding guys, and but a lot of his internal improvement, right? Brock Besser. JT Miller and Elias Pedersen leveling up. Thatcher Demko way better this season. But Nils Hoagland is one of those guys. This guy was in the AHL last season. And now he's, got, he's leading the Canucks in even strength goals when mainly playing fourth line minutes. We talked a lot about Hoaglander in November. And it's funny enough, he's actually really high up on our yearly Goats of the Week rankings. Uh, mainly because he just was kept being a top three in, in November. But Nils Hoaglander, man oh man, even when he has a lull, uh, he finds a way to come back and make an impact. Uh, despite, again, limited minutes. Number five, this guy has been a recurring uh, guy on the Goats of the Week for a couple weeks now is Teddy Bluger. Not the most offensively prolific week last week compared to what we've seen from him. But I think Teddy Bluger has been such a staple on the penalty kill as well. For me, that's huge. Again, the Canucks penalty kill has been, what, second in the NHL since the beginning of January? And a lot of that is because they got Teddy Bluger out there, man. And I know he was pissed in that Leafs game. He had a couple trips to the penalty box. Or sorry, I think this the Chicago game. I might mix them up. Uh, but Teddy Bluger has been so, so solid for your Vancouver Canucks. Driving play on the third line. Um, we talked about kind of, you know, the best uh, upcoming UFAs among on the Canucks right now. And Teddy Bluger's right up there, man. Right up there. Again, he's basically playing like a second-line center, making fourth-line center money. Uh, I didn't see this coming from Teddy Bluger in the slightest. Um, but, yeah, you know, over the last four games, and this is going back to last Monday as well, four assists in his last four games. I believe he's got three assists in his last three games. A Teddy Bluger, man. You know, if you if you got a Bo Horvat jersey, just go just go replace that Bo Horvat jersey and get some Teddy Bluger on it, man. 
Get some Teddy Bluger on the back, okay? Unbelievable, man. Um, Teddy Bluger's been great. That was the GOATs of the week, okay? They get the GOAT, okay? Oh, yeah. Cal, that was for you, buddy. Um, that was another episode of Locked On Canucks. Again, shout out to everyone who's tuning in. Yeah, you know what? I'm see- I'm seeing the comments right now. Okay, it's one one guy saying it's Roberto Luongo commenting, saying acknowledge more comments, acknowledge your viewers. Hey, I- I'm I'm not gonna lie. This producing thing is beyond me, man. The fact that I'm here with you guys is unbelievable. Look, the goats are still playing, man. Unbelievable. Um, but let let me get one thing straight. I appreciate each and every one of you for tuning in again, whether you're live. Whether you're tuning in after the fact, whether you're an everyday or an occasional listener, a first-time listener, I love each and every one of you. Again, Lockdown Canucks is nothing without all of you. And yeah, when, when Kyle returns, man, again, we get into the comments, man. Don't you worry. Um, but uh, I'm slow brain begs, okay? There's all this bouncing back and forth. All it's producing, not my forte. But watching hockey, talking hockey, I think that's up my alley. Coming up later this week, we do want to talk about some more trade targets for your Vancouver Canucks. I've written about it for Daily Hive. It's big right now. Elliot, Elliot Freeman's touching on it. Um, and we will get some games this week as well. Um, I do want to touch on one deep dive on my favorite trade candidate as well. If you're an everyday, you probably know who that is. Uh, but that's coming up this week for now. I'm Trevor Beggs, usually joined by Kyle Bowen, but shout out to that guy. He's a freaking beauty, uh, but not as beautiful as you for tuning in to Locked On Canucks. <laughs>